0: We're back, we're live on SAFM and we're going to talk strategy, strategy of BOSA to effectively implement all of these programs, not just at a party level as it looks to garner support for its election campaign and beyond but now actually for the beyond on the assumption that should it take over government because at least that's what they want that's what they want you to believe that's what they want you to help them deliver to and of course it's still early days in the context of the race for i would imagine 2024 may And we've got plenty of time, so this is the platform where we are going to be engaging these critical role players and the protagonists who are obviously in pursuit of your attention and beyond your ex on a particular ballot sheet. I do confirm, of course, for those who have joined and joined recently that I'm talking to Ms. Nobundu Kloza, Webster, Deputy Leader of Build One South Africa. There are about seven minutes left of this conversation. I please implore you to, as you know, on a Tuesday, it is the hashtag Tuesday Takeover, to participate by calling 086-000-2032. Or you can WhatsApp us on 0614-104-107. WhatsApp, of course, is true for a voice note as well. Strategy.
1: Strategy. I mean, so what I've spoken about now in having candidates who are chosen by the people um, and who are the people is, is one of them. Working in communities, like I said, being a government and working, that's already working in communities, solving the issues that communities has, have is another one. And then the last one is working with organizations that already exist. So we have a number of organizations that are affiliates of ours that we work with. Um, It's NPOs, it's other parties that only operate in local municipalities um, that actually want a party to work with and that want to vote for a party that is in provincial and national. So we collaborate. And so speaking of, you know, you're talking about the 2024 um, May elections. We're looking beyond 2024 elections, uh, definitely, but we understand that either way, in 2024, beyond the new way, is going to have to be to collaborate. So we're very clear that we have to work Collaborate with sounds with other like, parties.
0: in the political world, it sounds like what's that word? Collision. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, talk to it.
1: <laughs> Coalitions. There's no doubt that this particular election uh, is likely you know, to produce a coalition government.
0: Mm-hmm. So who are you courting?
1: And we are very ready uh, to work with uh, political parties in that coalition. You
0: see, you know what uh, my question
1: is. Very ready to work with political who? parties in, 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 in that coalition. Who? Pa- parties whose values align with ours.
0: And which party Parties
1: is that? whose missions align with ours. Which
0: party is that?
1: Uh, We are in conversation now. We will continue in conversation. With, with numerous parties. Being? Numerous parties in South
0: Africa. Precisely (laughs) because there are numerous parties, give me a name or two.
1: You know what? Or three. The reality is that. Okay, who are you not talking to? Until we are at a place where, you know, we can say that we have signed on the dotted line, people have to go and speak to their constituencies. People have to make sure that their constituents are on board. uh, I hate the fact that 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 you're so well trained in terms of how to answer on the platform. And um, I'm looking at this lady next
0: to you, (laughs) who is probably the bane of my existence for now. Goodness gracious me. You come very well trained. Tell me about this lovely lady who in many respects for her, it's a homecoming of kind.
1: We are absolutely privileged uh to work with ayanda ali she is she is an incredible incredible woman and um, many will know her because they will have seen her on tv they'll have heard her on radio for many many years but there's so many people that don't know the work that ayanda has been doing for years you know ayanda runs a foundation uh, in dobsonville that has been empowering young people ayanda has done so much work that is you know the work and in her capacity just as an active citizen you know and as a leader in society Mm -hmm. and so we're so excited to have her she is she's passionate about this country um she's passionate about the future of this country um and more than anything though um she's really ready to and i will keep saying this i always say this i always say nobody's coming to save us Mm -hmm. she's very ready to put her hand up and to be part of change in this country this that we do Songez, I have to tell you, comes at a high cost. Mm-hmm. You know, I always watch people say things like, oh, you're trying to get on the gravy train, you're trying to make money. one money? We have put in every resource that yeah. we personally have, every resource that we have in any of the entities, any of us, um, own or have we have put everything on the line you know to be able to start this this party and to be able to grow it and i'm not just talking about myself and Musi as the mm-hmm. founders i'm talking about everybody that has joined in the initial stages and so it's it's, it's such a big sacrifice to do this work and so we privilege that somebody like ayanda would put aside you know everything else she was doing and could be doing because she's recognized that nobody's coming to save us she spoke at an event we had um at the South African Women's Commission, and she said, Inlu, what did you say? <laughs> Inlu, Iyash. Mm. Um, well, it's not
0: 10 past 4.
1: Telana man. Mm. 10 past 4. Mm. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> that's what's happening. So, so yeah, that's the incredible woman um, that's in studio with me today. That's Final question
0: best. we know about the lady in studio today. Yeah. I must, and and I confess my ignorance... Nobundu Lloza Webster, I encountered that name today for the first time and obviously needed to do a bit of digging and some positive and nice revelations. For those of you who are not privy to that, the question simply is, and you said I should ask you in these words, who are you, where are you from?
1: I am a woman who is a leader and has been pretty much all my life and everything that I've done, I've always led. But more than anything, I'm a woman who has been driven by the desire to see economic justice, actually. And so, what drives me and what has always driven me is having grown up um, living in Nanda, in Durban, and townships of Nanda in Durban, and traveling to school in the high end suburb of Musgrave in Durban every single day because my parents had decided, actually, uh, and this is now, I'm going to reveal my age. late 1980s early 1990s this was the life and my parents had decided you know what Um, our children deserve to have a just opportunity um, as it pertains to education and in in future as it pertains to just the economic standing and so i spent my life traveling between these two worlds of living in a township with dusty streets and going to you know a suburb that has mansions and from that age you know i started to be so aware of the stock reality that we navigating have in South Africa. Identity. Yeah. Navigating identity, navigating the differences in this country, the stark differences in this country. Um, the Times once had this cover page, which showed um, that stark reality um, that we live in, in South Africa. And we all know about it, you know, one of the countries with the highest Gini coefficient in the world. That is what has led me. So even And as you know what,
0: I know exactly what you're talking about. That Times cover photo, yeah of a tale of two cities literally that's it. with a dividing line that dividing in between.
1: line that's south africa and for me that is what has driven me from when i was very young i went into business quite young and the reason i went into business was because i had sat in corporates and i'd been like you know i don't i don't see people like me who hold ownership you know, and um, we need to get up to a point where we're working together and rebuilding one South Africa, and we see some sort of economic justice in this country. We have to see. We have to get to a point where we're starting to see a, a, a opportunity opening up. You know, for all sorts of South Africans, all that sorts of different like South the talk Africans. of the Red Army. <laughs> not quite. Are we talking to them?
0: Not quite. Are not we talking quite. to them?
1: You know what? We're not destructive. We build.
0: Are we talking to them? No. Okay.
1: Purely because we're not destructive. We don't destroy, we build.
0: What have they destroyed?
1: Uh, what have, what, no, no. What, what is have their rhetoric? They no. What is their rhetoric? Say one, you say it. What have Tell they destroyed Tell me, what is their now? rhetoric? Ma'am, what is their rhetoric? Ma'am,
0: this is the takeover soon. <laughs> you ask your question. It's the
1: takeover, so I'm asking questions you too. You
0: engage Ms. Ali Payne. My, my question is, what mm. have they destroyed?
1: What they've destroyed is a sense of unity and a sense of building together. So as soon as you are in a position where your narrative is not around building, and your narrative is around, we can't do this together. And your narrative is not around collectively getting to a point where we see whether it's social justice, whether it's economic justice, then you're destroying. You
0: guys want the same thing. You're
1: not building, we want the same thing. The ways that we would go about it are completely different.
0: Is that a deal-breaker?
1: It is a deal-breaker.
0: Has it been a deal-breaker? In what sense? They are a non-starter.
1: In terms of what?
0: In terms of the engagements and the conversations you are having and the potential alliances that you may form. We have
1: not had conversations with them, no. But what I will tell you, and I've said this before, is that nobody's our enemy. We're a generation that has to build this country. And while we might have different narratives, while we might be going about doing things differently... What I can tell you for sure is that we're clear. That okay. the way we do it is that we build. So let me finish my story. Okay. Let me finish my
0: story. I, I, I don't want to steal your time for the purposes of the takeover. <laughs> let okay, me finish. So finish the story. Let but at any point, I, I need to yield the platform. I'm getting word from the production team that it is, after all, a takeover. Sure. And I, and I do want to respect it. But absolutely, do finish your story.
1: Sure. Um, so what I was saying is that, you know, having grown up, Mm-hmm. seeing those two differences. It became clear <laughs> that, you know, to to have social justice in this country, even as you talk about issues of infrastructure, you talk about the public transport system, you talk about all of that, um, we need to make sure that we are building one south africa we build a south africa where everyone has an enabling environment where everyone has equal access and so even in the businesses i've been in even in the npos i've been in civil society movements i've led all the work that i've been doing has led to this point now where you get to a point where maybe the business that i'm doing contributes in some way and that's Mm -hmm. why i started that's why i got into business in the first place Mm -hmm. maybe um the civil society movements I'm a part of. Um, maybe the boards I sit on in the NPOs are, are, are a part of doing this. But there comes a time when you're saying, actually, I've got to get my hands a little dirtier and I have to get into the ring.
0: A dimension shift, as it were. Absolutely. Thank you so much for indulging me. I like this um, engagement. I like it. I also I, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it and I hope it means something for the people at home who are listening. And more importantly, I hope it comes to characterize the culture of what mm. critical debate is where people don't have to necessarily agree, but they can certainly disagree agreeably. Mm. And, 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 and I appreciate if this if in any way is going to set the tone for what perhaps lies ahead for yourselves, together with whoever your stakeholders are. Mine mm. is to only wish you well, to wish the stakeholders well, and for South Africans to do what is best for South Africa. Mm. After the break, it is, ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Nobundu Loza Webster on the hashtag Tuesday takeover. She's the deputy leader of Build One South Africa Busa or Bosa. But before that, we have Tandiswamazwai just to engage us very briefly, just to settle things down.
1: Good evening and welcome to The Viewpoint with myself, Nobuntu Hlaza Webster. I'm today's Tuesday Takeover guest. And the song you just heard is Tandiswa's Nizalu Angobani and Zonke Dikana's Chigizinto. And I chose these songs for a very special reason. Uh, Tandiswa's song for me is really always a reminder of where we come from, uh, we stand on the shoulders of giants. And I can absolutely assure you, um, now's the time for us to remember that uh, and to take it to the next level. And it's personal. It's a personal song for me. Uh, it was a moment when I decided, you know, it was time to change things in my life. But I also just think where we are at now in our country, isn't it's and it's time, isn't uh, time. And my guest this evening is Ayanda Alipane. Ayanda Ali is uh, BOSA's communications director uh, and an aspirant candidate for parliament. Uh, for 2024 and i'm really excited that we've got her here this evening i am a fan of this woman
2: i don't know how you're not nervous and <laughs> i'm the one with a long broadcasting <laughs> experience says, and i am, nervous. <laughs> Why am I nervous i'm not nervous i'm <laughs> you so carry excited. it excited wow though i'm excited to be here susan thank you so much for inviting me as your guest
1: yeah so do join us uh with ayanda Uh, lead the conversation on SAFM the number is 086-000-2032 and you can send voice notes to 061-410-4107 so today's topic is active citizenship are you an active citizen um What does it look like to be an active citizen? Uh, Are South Africans active citizens? Do we need more active citizenship in the country? And we're going to be having that conversation. And I think it is so fitting that we have got Ayanda to have that conversation with, because I really do believe um, she's one of the most active citizens I know. Um, So, Ayanda, you have had an interesting journey. You know, <laughs> and and you
2: you ask such pertinent questions. I think by our very nature as South Africans, um, in particular, but Africans in general, we really are active citizens. I think we show our activism differently. But if ukulele lokshin and you and I would know because we're both uh, from the I-I background you myself in Soweto, you you know, in townships, KZN, and you would know uguti umtwa namaga cross the road, you know, gunumundo bamba bisana there's always that that's that woman taking ownership over who you are as a young girl we have I'm a patroller you know we have in Dobsonville even today three to make sure you are going to the taxi rank safe and sound and that you arrive we would remember times where if back the guys are next door there's somebody with a spoon to alert the other neighbors so I do believe that at the core and at the heart of who we are, we are active citizens. I think then formalizing it and being part of it in terms of civil society groupings and maybe even politics is something that we're starting to see emerge. We're seeing AMA NGO in the communities. We're seeing Abu Mama come together, Guma cooperatives and say, let's start some sort of business, etc. And we're starting to see people come through, even in the political ranks, to say, can we start making movements? Do we need to harness that and grow it even more? Absolutely. So I think at the heart of who we are, we do have that thing, man. It's connected to Ubuntu. To understand I am because you are. And we need to tap into that and grow it. And which is why I'm excited about what BOSA is doing, because really tapping into that spirit of Ubuntu to say, how do we leverage off of that to see such formations lead and govern where it matters, which is at the political platform, at least for the time being.
1: So, I mean, you've had an interesting journey. And uh, I mean, you've been a broadcaster um, you've on television, on radio. You are a corporate communications specialist. um, But most will know you, especially more recently, for having been spokesperson for the Minister of, well, the then Minister of Transport. I want to know what that was like. And I also want to know, I mean, the core of you is active active citizenship Mm -hmm. and Ubuntu. I want to know, you know, could you live that out then? And, 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 and... and what how have you then moved from there to try live that out in your life or to get that back or to restore that back yeah. if you couldn't um in that space
2: yeah yeah i think what's interesting is that there's been a common thread that ran throughout my life and i won't be long when it comes to this but i just quickly want to paint the picture growing up like i said in the township going to school in suburbs you grow up with that thing that isn't you know it off and you'll know this as well because where i'm at home is different to the leafy suburbs that i go to school uh, in, you know. And, and as a child, Ian's are that tension where you say, I don't I don't quite know what the words are and what to do, but but there's a problem. So then you develop that sense of justice which I need to do something, anything to sort of restore that that balance or answer those questions. You go to school, you study, I become a journalist, I work and I'm drawn to human interest stories, especially stories that have to do with justice, nation building, social cohesion. And even while you're a journalist, you think, mm, man, I'm just telling the the stories of bad news, but I'm not doing anything about that. So then comes Ibu Kobami Youth Center, where we say, at least let me give back to the community and help the young people at Dobsonville to try and become even more than what I am and what they can possibly think of. That happens. And after a while, you realize, yeah, it's good, but we're just dealing with symptoms that are based on societal issues that are structural and that have to deal with policy. So when the question comes, do you want to join government as a spokesperson for the then Minister of Transport, I then say, there's my chance. Because now I'll be able to understand how government works, how governance works, how policy works and I'll be able to really give back in a meaningful way. Then you discover, Ugo yes there's government but there's also politics that run parallel. So I was in a ministerial office and in a ministerial office you get exposed to much more than just the daily operations as a government. You understand the politics of it all. And I think my awakening was there was a a letter that was written about how can this minister hire uh, this girl to come and be spokesperson. I mean, this girl never went to a BGM. She doesn't even know what a BGM is. door door. to She's never been, you know, on the ground in the trenches. And I was so frustrated because it was true. Sure. You know, and I was like, I don't know what a BGM is. I've never <laughs> attended any of these structures. But when I then found out to go to you no know, branch uh, general meeting, etc. I then thought to myself, so I'm not being asked whether or not I qualify for the job. I'm not being asked whether or not I'm suitable in this position. I'm being asked whether or not I'm a card-carrying member and I have paid my dues, which means those who are doing those door-to-door activities and attending the BGMs are not doing it to help the community or to give back. They're doing it so that they can reach these political um, uh, offices that they aspire to. That discrepancy said to me... this may not be the vehicle that may take us to this promised land that we want because if we are saying we want to grow South Africa, I should be asked does this girl have the qualifications? Does this girl have the capacity to serve in this ministry? Does this girl have the heart for the people? And can she deliver and produce? Because being a spokesperson means you're a go-between, between the state and the community on the ground. That was never the question. The question was, is she in the in the in the trenches? You know, is she a, a card-carrying member? And so that then said to me, Good, I can't truly live out the activism that I want to live out to because the only thing that I've been asked about is whether whether or not I'm this member and do, 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 not are you giving back to the community. And I thought to myself, there's got to be a better way. I served for two years and I'm grateful because the minister allowed me to be able to sit in meetings that were decision-making meetings and were so important. But I also then became radicalized in the process because I then got to see, what you know if these meetings are you know taking place and people are jostling for, for positions and some people are wondering, what are your credentials? Etc., the issue of solving the problem then becomes, you know, on the back burner. And so while I'm grateful for the opportunity because it sharpened me and exposed me to so much and in, indeed groomed and developed me, it then showed Muguti there must be a better way, which then brought me to where I am today in this uh, political party that is a fledgling political party, but that has people who are tried and tested, who have been on the ground for years as active citizens, who have sacrificed their resources and want. To to lead, not to eat, but want to lead as an expression and a continuation of what they've already done. I thought to myself, maybe just maybe, Naming's a totally platform here to say, let's bring about the change we want to see in this community.
1: And what does the future look like? I mean, listening to you, it is so exciting. First of all, it's so exciting to have um, people in South Africa who are this passionate about making South Africa work. It is exciting to have women, and we're going to talk about that just now who have put their hand up to lead, particularly in the political arena. Um, I mean, I know having been in the political arena now uh, for for, for two years, that it's quite lonely because while there are women in the political arena who who hold certain positions and who who have positions in parties and in government, it's not always that they have the agency or they hold the agency. Um, And it's not always that they're truly representative of what women leadership is. But we'll talk about that just now. The question I want to ask is what is the future so now you're here um and and you know this is your active citizenship it is now showing itself uh, politically or it is showing itself in politics what is the future what do you ultimately how do you ultimately want to serve as an active citizen
2: Sure. So my passion has always been policy. I'm studying at the moment. I'm studying uh, social policy and management. And my desire is to bring about the legislation that I feel will solve for some of these issues that we've been dealing with as active citizens. So we are at Zotini. Uh, right at the bottom of the food chain because we're dealing with the manifestation of issues that are policy decisions, right? So my desire really is to be active in the political space as it pertains to policy and to 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 workshop these ideas that will bring about the meaningful change that we want to see. My passion is local government. I love local government. Mm-hmm. I feel it is the coalface of service delivery. It is where government matters most. National is nice. You know, politics is uh, very, vibrant there in Parliament where you have your Honourable Member, Honourable Member, hey, hey, hey. those things are great. But at the end of the day, I want to make sure that the tab is running in green. I want to make sure that the sewage system is functional. I want to make sure that refuge is being removed from from my my driveway. I need to make sure there's lights and electricity that is functioning. We must make sure that potholes are being filled, that there's recreational facilities for our children. And that is a local government competency. So I think for me, I'm excited about these elections, by the way. I'm excited about the groundbreaking Turning point that they are, but ultimately. My eye is on local government. Local and government. I, I I think if we can bring about change there, we'll be able to see even longer lasting um, impact and change that we want to see in the communities. People need to live lives that are dignified and having sewage running through your yard is not dignified. And having a situation where I go to bed, lights out because there's no electricity, I wake up, lights out because there's no electricity and I can't take my kids to school, <laughs> that's a dignity issue right there. So for me, I think my passion my, my my passion my hunger my desire is for local government to function because that is where the the true test of a government that works is one of the things that
1: really has been stripped from south africans is dignity yeah. and the biggest work right now is restoring mm-hmm. dignity it's yeah. restoring the dignity of south africans Join us in this conversation um, and lead the conversation on SAFM. You can call us on 086-000-2032. You can voice note us on WhatsApp. The WhatsApp number is 061-410-4107. Or you can get through to us on Twitter. um, And the Twitter handle is SAFM Radio. And I want us to talk about women. And I want us to talk about women leading I want us to talk about women in politics. Like I said, you know, um, being a woman going into politics, you, you come in and the sense is that there are women in politics, but the reality is that, and South Africa has um, one of the highest uh, number of women representatives in parliament, at 48% in the world. Um, but the reality is that a lot of the time you find that those women are actually just proxies. Um, and you find that in the way that they behave, um in the way that they are representing uh whomever it is that they represent it's very clear they're not representing women and actually they're not representing society at large how has it been um being a woman um in the space And, and, and in the time that you've been in and that you've come in how has it been and what do you think is the importance of having women in leadership in politics
2: can I just say, and I know you're going to hate this, so it's live. You can't take it back. It's fine. <laughs> Can I just say, it, it's so important that you speak about women It's no secret, Uh, Musi Maimani, the leader of Build One South Africa, and myself are both from Dobsonville Soweto. We went to the same high school, etc. But it is not, in fact, him who called me and opened up the space. Where people are like, hey, nepotism, both Dobsonville, etc. And I love him to bits, and you do too. He's my Mkaya, shout out to him. But I think it's important to note that it was, in fact, you who then said, I have identified something in this woman. I was not in politics as yet, was not uh, headed in that direction. You called me for the Women's Commission. During the Women's Commission, you created space for women to debate on matters of national importance. Over and above the domestic duties, which are important, our family responsibilities and societal responsibilities, which are all important and valuable. You called us around the table and you said, there are decisions about us that are being made for us Without us, you created an environment where we come together and we say, what kind of South Africa do we want to see? And how do we think that we can contribute to that? And which positions do we need to occupy in the spheres that are important, whether it's business or politics or whatever that we're talking about, arts, you name it, for us to see the change? Because we all know that the burden of responsibility for domestic issues are always women. We know that the face of of poverty is black and female. We know that the, the the burden of raising children, et cetera, is heavily lopsided against women. So so for you to create that environment, I think speaks volumes. And I know you hate it when we talk about you, et cetera, and that, but I think it's so important that we raise that because here's a woman who's in politics, who is the deputy leader of Build One South Africa, who is saying, I don't want to be in this position alone and just say, oh, look at me shining and I'm doing these great things. But I want to open for so many other women to come forward. And it is going to take tenacious women. It's going to take bold women. It's going to take gutsy women like yourself for us to be able to get to where we need to get to as a country. So once I've said that and put it aside, it's easier for me. And, like, and those like me to then say, I also want to join BOSA because we've seen you, Nobundu, do it. You and Musi had to break the ground, had to create a model that is new to South Africa, never been seen before. Had to take the ridicule, had to take the sexism, had to take the lies and all manner of evil that comes with trying something new. You at the front had to take that. So it's easier for us who come after you, to then say we can try because we're also shielded by you. So it's it's been it's been tricky. It's been difficult. There are a lot of sacrifices to make. But I must say, you said we stand on the shoulders of giants. We do too. As new women who are coming into the political space, we are able to be protected by those who are groundbreakers, such as yourself, that make the journey less lonely and make the journey um, a sisterhood, if you will, for the rest of the women in the country.
1: Sure. Um, before I start crying, women do cry un- unapologetically. Um, thank you for that, Ayanda. And I think we do need more women. Yeah. We, we absolutely do need more, and, and we need to see more. And women are already leading in so many ways yeah. in society. They actually just now need to be given and enabled in platforms to be able to lead publicly as well. We've got a caller. Um, we've got a caller, and the, the caller's name is Ayanda, and yeah, from Bryanston um sounding familiar has <laughs> a question for ayanda uh kona you're 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 on the line
3: uh good evening ladies uh, firstly i would like to say that ladies interviewing you ayanda Ali, is doing a stellar job i must say don't you think so
2: <laughs> thank you
3: absolutely a stellar job uh uh to name ali pay ali sorry i must, I must I understand my apologies Ms. Ali. Um, if the question here on my side for you is if if i had to make you a minister of local uh, minister of local running the local aspects of the country what would your first 90 days look like and then your mid term and long term goal within the four year tenure look like i know it's a very long-winded question to a degree, but gives us, if we if had to look at 90 days, what would you do different in ninety first 90 days? And then, obviously, if given the full four years and no disruptions and, you know, you are cut somewhere down the line, given the chance to run the full five years or four years, I'm not quite sure the, 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 the stent of the tenure. What would what, what would that look like for you?
1: Thank you for the question, Minister of Local Government and, Corporate, and Cooperative Affairs. First 90 days.
2: First 90 days, we do a skills audit. I want to know who's on my team. I need to know who is capacitated in which way, who needs further training, who needs to be worked out of the system because they are either unrepentant, unwilling to train, and unwilling to uh, develop their skills. Once you have that skills audit, you'll be able to see, in my finance department and procurement uh, processes, are they able to spend one of the biggest issues that we have in local government is underspending. We will receive money from Treasury for set projects and that money will be sent back to Treasury because people are not spending. And we find that people are not spending for a number of reasons. Number one, maybe they just don't understand what Treasury's uh, rules and regulations pertain to and they're unable to spend. Uh, Perhaps number two, they are just overwhelmed with all the uh, requirements that are there and they're not able to spend because of that, but also... Some of them do have corrupt tendencies. They are being corrupted by those who are outside the system to say, please, can you hold on spending because I'd like to get my preferred bidder to come and make the bid. So having a skills audit will be able for me to see whether or not people are able to spend or if they are not spending because of other nefarious reasons. That's the first thing. The second one that I would look at is maintenance of your critical infrastructure. I want to know that your surge system is being maintained. I want to make sure that you're able to maintain some of, um, the water supply, um, electricity, you name it, so that we can be able to see where is the critical issues that are there. For far too long, maintenance has not been done. Then the old and aging infrastructure falls apart and we're stuck with the problem. The third thing I think I would do is to make sure that we're able to have a sense of camaraderie in the office and that people understand that we're working to build that there are no tensions no nerves no anxiety that there's a new political leader who's come through she's going to flush us out of the system now we have to beg because we want our own jobs back you know maybe I was ANCODA she's now coming in from Bossa. so I think it's important to build a corporate culture that is one that is efficient that is effective where people want to work and people want to serve and they are in incentivized for that good work that's there. So I think that would be my top uh, top three. Make sure that we are spending where we need to spend. Make sure that we are maintaining what needs to be maintained and we create a culture where people want to go to work. They want to serve and they, they feel safe in their jobs and they're able to be performers um, at the best and to the best of their ability. You're certainly ready. <laughs> that's for sure.
1: <laughs> you're certainly oh, put ready. On the spot. My goodness. Ah, you're certainly ready and we can't We literally, look, we are excited about the work you're doing now. It's important work, um, but we most certainly can't wait to have you um, in, in, in in parliament. We can't wait to have you in local government. Absolutely can't wait. I want to ask you um, a question, you know, relating to something you said earlier. So earlier you spoke about uh, how, you know, South Africans, it has been in us. You know, Ubuntu, the sense of Ubuntu means that it's been in us to be active citizens. It has been in us to be um People who care about the next, you know, um, Ubuntu says that I care about my community, you know, when your dignity is stripped, my dignity is stripped, when you're in want, I'm in want. Do you think we still have that? Do you think it's something that still exists um, when you look around, when you look at the state of the country, when you look at the state of communities? And I, I suppose, you know, it's the question's twofold because we have to look at the state of the country and and and, you know, those who are responsible for that. But you also then have to come back to us and say, you know, as far as we're concerned, um, as communities, um, do we still Do we still have that sense? And you can answer
2: that in one minute because we're almost out of time. I will try, Gail, But you know, you and I can talk the whole day. I know, I know, I I know. I think it's a case of nature versus nurture. I think in our very nature, in our very essence, we are a people that care about the next. But the, 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 the nurture that we have or the environment that we exist in has been an environment that says only the the corrupt get ahead Um, only those who have political connections will get jobs, Um, it's survival of the fittest, people fight for scraps, people feel as if they're not going to advance in life and therefore what do we do? We hoard, we don't want to share with the next person, we are survivalist in our essence, our thinking is more limited as opposed to you know uh, broad to say there's uh, peace for everybody there So the nature or the environment within which we exist social-politically has turned us into people that are very reluctant to share with the other because I don't know where the next meal is going to come for me and my children. How can I give to the next person? So I think if we have in leadership people who are servant leaders, people who put the people first, people who have already been on the ground in the community and know what it's like to share my little salary with Base Bukobami or Base Buntlebami or whatever organization that you're in, then we can start to create that environment where we share, where we give, where we are open to say, I am because you are. So I think in our nature, yes, we still have it, but the nurture and the environment within which we exist has stripped us of that.
1: Sure. Thank you, Ayanda. Um, Certainly a lot to think about and a lot to reflect on. Um, it's been such a great pleasure having this conversation with you. I love you. you so much. I um, think you're awesome. I love you. <laughs> Thank and you. It's been great having this conversation um, and I think that, you know, we, we're so fortunate to have people like yeah. you in this country. Um, I think what you have just said as you wrap up is so important for South Africans um, now to say that actually we really need to get to a point where we're saying actually I'm responsible for my community. I'm responsible for the next person and to bring back Ubuntu. With that, it's time for the News um, at 9 with Greg House.
0: We are back. We are live on air. It is SAFM 2104. There's excitement here because Bossa have had an opportunity to talk to Bossa and to you at home to engage the way forward, particularly engaging the issues that many of you are affected by and would want to see addressed would like to see redress. Why is this important? They would tell you it's about justice. It's about social justice. It's about economic equality. And those two, you can make anything of a society where there's justice and equality. Now to say goodbye to our guest here on the Hashtag Tuesday Takeover on Tuesday the 16th of January. Snobuntu, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the engagement that you had with me, that you had with Sis Ayanda, who's quite familiar with the platform. And I suppose the only thing I can say is, as I did to previous opponents of yours in the context of politics, let me say, I wish you well. And more than that, I wish South Africa well through you, if it is to be. Thank
1: you so much. Um, it is it's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. absolutely enjoyed myself. Thank you for having us. And yeah, we look forward to engaging with South Africans more. Um, and we look forward to building one South Africa.
0: Fantastic. Because we don't have the normal stings, we're just going to play a very short song to give the production team an opportunity to do what they need to do. For those of you at home who are listening, please continue listening. And at the next conversation that we will have with Professor Zetungosi, who's the Dean of College of Human Sciences, Eunice's Decoli... Decoloniality Summer School, all and more about that after the song that we're about to play. The time is 21.06. The show absolutely has to continue, and it continues after this.